Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rancho on AM 770 KTTH. We are streaming on the KTTH smartphone app. The Biden administration is demanding that the media defend them against an impeachment inquiry. But will they? That's the question. And that is what's trending. What's trending? The Biden administration. We don't normally start the hour on a national story. This is a local show, of course. We talk about national stuff all the time. But usually I like to lead off with a local story. But this one is so <sighs> audacious that I had to. Because you had the White House putting out this 16-page dossier that quite literally demands that the media, quote, do your job. And essentially call Republicans liars. This is coming in the aftermath of the impeachment inquiry we talked about yesterday. And really, it is the latest sign that there's something there. That this is a move you would make, you would take when you're panicked. Almost like they're desperate. And I don't know if they believe that the Republicans will be able to find anything legally tenable to move forward with an impeachment as much as they fear the American people are getting more and more and more of this information, whereas before they really weren't. There was a time for a very long time where the Hunter Biden scandals were not being reported in any meaningful way outside of Fox News and Newsmax. That when you tuned into NBC Nightly News or when you watched MSNBC or whatever it was, that they weren't getting exposed to anything having to do with Hunter Biden. That was happening for a very long time. But then it started to sneak through. Then all of a sudden, they were, in fact, getting access to all of this. And now they're getting more and more and more while at the exact same time showing their concern over Joe Biden's age. Now, this is not something you would normally see this kind of dossier, at least not as blunt in do your job. But it is something that you do when you feel entitled. They think they can demand the media to do its bidding because the media is overwhelmingly left wing. And when you are used to positive coverage, when you've got media members on your side every step of the way. When you're able to completely set the narrative every single day and all of a sudden things start to shift. Well, all of a sudden You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't allow this. We're not going to allow this. You better do your job. And they got some of their demands. And some media members seem to relish in this. They actually liked it rather than be offended by it. Mediaite called the demand epic. And an epic dossier. Politico's national security correspondent basically tweeted out every single argument that was being made in this dossier. Now, those are sad people who bring shame to reporting. When you are an objective reporter, or at least that's what you claim to be, you wouldn't do something like this. You wouldn't do the bidding of the Biden administration. But not everyone in the media is on board. Not everyone is saying, okay, you know, we've been with you this whole time. We're going to stick it out. No, 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 no. 
And the reason they're not sticking it out with them is going to surprise you. And I'm going to tell you that reason in a second. But let's go through first some of these talking points. They come from Ian Sams. He's a spokesperson. He helped put together this epic dossier. And he said, hey, the Republicans have no evidence of any wrongdoing whatsoever. Oh, I know you might think that there's something there there as it relates now to the president's relationship with his son's business partners and his now knowledge of what was going on. No, 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 no. Just remember, all of those phone calls to Hunter at the exact same time he was having these business meetings with people from overseas and having overseas interests and the president uh, the was vice president at the time and then it doesn't matter this was just a father being a father i think this is part of the right wing's misinformation machine to try to confuse people uh, about what the truth is the truth is that the Hello. president as he has said publicly for years uh calls his family every day to check in he calls his son every day to check real quickly has he been saying that for years has he been saying that for years i heard him starting to say it when it became clear everyone was going to find out that he was calling his son during those business meetings. But I don't recall him doing this for years and years and years. Again, he calls his other family members to check in to see how they're doing. He loves them. They're, they're a tight-knit family. You see, all you're doing is going after a father who just loves too much. You're just going after a loving father. If he's guilty of anything, he's guilty of caring about his family too much. That's what they're saying. They think that that is a meaningful argument in their favor. And then, of course, at the exact same time, you've got the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, just flat out lying. But what you see Republicans uh, in Congress, right, they have uh, spent all year investigating the president. That's what they've spent all year doing. Is that all that they've been doing? That's all they've been. Wow. Man, they're not efficient at all. I better put that in the lead story of my Washington Post story. Better put it up at the top. Republicans waste two and a half years on investigations. And uh, have turned up with no evidence. None. 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 He, none. That he did, did anything that? wrong. I mean, that is what we've heard over and over again from their almost year-long investigation. And, uh, and that's because the president didn't do anything wrong. Oh. Thanks. The president didn't do anything wrong. I mean, sure, you've got those bank records and the suspicious activity reports. Fine. You've got the wire transfers that are going to different shell companies all in the Biden's names. Sure, you've got the texts, those WhatsApp messages. Sure, you've got the voicemails to his son talking a little bit about some of this stuff. Sure, you've got the emails that refer to Joe Biden in business dealings, referring to him as the big guy, the chairman. Sure, you've got the whistleblower testimony. Sure, you've got the fact that Joe Biden was actually bragging about firing a Ukrainian prosecutor whose termination just so happened to help Burisma when his son Hunter Biden was on the board, even though he has nothing to do with anything related to the energy sector and was, in fact, only brought on because of his last name and the influence that folks thought correctly, it turns out, that he would bring. Other than that, nothing to see here. No evidence whatsoever, not even a little bit. 
Not even a tiny bit. I mean, okay, fine. I guess I forgot to mention the fact that when Joe Biden said he had no contact whatsoever with any of Hunter Biden's business partners. In fact, he didn't even know Hunter was a business person. He was like, I thought you were an artist this entire time. And yes, of course, when he said that there were no ties to any kind of business and say, oh, I don't know, let me pull something out at random China. And it turns out that according to Hunter Biden, that he was involved with a Chinese uh, company, which there's almost virtually no separation between the private sector and government with communist China. It turns out he was lying about it. Other than that, again, nothing to see here except for that influence peddling scheme. And it's to the point where not just on this scandal or scandals, but when you throw in the age factor that he's 112 years old and acts like he's 175 years old, people are not comfortable with him. All of the polling shows that all of the polling. And it's not just Republicans. It's Democrats. It's independents. That's the truth. And there was a giant wake-up call this morning in the Washington Post with David Ignatius, who is a progressive guy. He is one of those people in the Washington Post, one of those columnists that all of the folks on the Hill read and they respect him. Unless, of course, they're Republicans and they realize he's a partisan hack. But at least he's a good one, like he's a nice guy. But even he called out. Joe Biden saying you should not run for re-election. Through this summer, I haven't gone anywhere in the country. I haven't talked to any group of people uh, where this issue of whether President uh, Biden should run again hasn't been a a centerpiece of conversation. It it doesn't get into the the newspapers. It doesn't doesn't get much on TV except Fox News, which is obsessed with it. Well, they're obsessed with the story that he says Everyone is talking about. Okay. Did you catch that? Did you not hear that part of the beginning? Remember when he was all like, everyone is having that conversation? Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Does it mean it's a popular story? Should mean that. Yeah. Yeah. Should news networks talk about an important news story that everyone is quite literally, according to him, talking about? You'd think they would. Okay. So it's not really an obsession. But please continue on MSNBC. And I thought that it was time to to raise that question. Uh, And again, the heart of it is... Uh, whether uh, Joe Biden is the best person to carry this legacy forward. He's not, no. He may decide that he's the only person who could defeat Donald Trump. I mean, he sees that as his mission. That's why, why he ran in the first place back in, in, in 2019. Uh-huh. He, may, he may decide he's the guy who can do it and nobody else can. And that's, that's his decision. But I felt it was time to have a more public discussion about this. I mean, you did a little bit more than have a public discussion. You flatly said he should not run. But what he just said there certainly was one of the narratives going into the first time he ran against Donald Trump, which is he believed he was the only one who could defeat Donald Trump. And Donald Trump posed this existential threat to democracy itself, right? Our our basic form of government would be non-existent if people in this democracy voted for someone other than Joe Biden. That was one of the reasons why he apparently ran the first time. And let's assume that that's still the same reason why he wants to run. He feels he's the only person who could defeat him. The reason why you're starting to see media outlets on the left start to really lean into this 
the fact that he's 112 years old, the fact that there are, in fact, some legitimate scandals attached to him. They're doing that because they don't believe he's the only one who can defeat Donald Trump. In fact, the reason why not everyone is going on with this dossier and not following uh, word for word the demands of the White House is they fear he most definitely will lose to Donald Trump. They see Donald Trump as as much of a threat to democracy itself and our very way of life as Joe Biden and Democrats. And they want to make sure that he is defeated. They were vicious the last time around. They're going to be even more vicious vicious this time around. And regardless of whether or not it's Biden as the nominee, they're going to be vicious. They're still going to carry water for him. But right now, they very clearly don't think, with maybe a handful of exceptions, which happen to include the Morning Joe crew, who were just going on and on and on about this David Ignatius Washington Post column. I can't believe, oh my God. Joe Biden is the best. Haven't you seen his record? Here's his record. Let me look at this dossier. I mean my notes. I just, I wrote, I wrote some notes. It's not the dossier. Got it, Mika. You don't have to be so defensive, but you should probably take off the cover page of your notes that says White House dossier. But except those folks, people don't think he's going to be able to defeat Donald Trump. I think they're right. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? Media bias. Seattle Times columnist Danny Westney thinks we should end unions that he doesn't like. And when I say unions he doesn't like, I really only mean one union, the Seattle Police Officers Guild. He also happens to think that we haven't recruited a lot of cops in Seattle in the last three years because of a body cam video taken out of context of a comment that was supposed to be private that was just revealed a day and a half ago. So the last three years, we've not really been able to recruit because of a video that came out a day and a half ago. He wants us to believe that because that makes total sense. Now, there's been more fallout from this body cam footage that not only we expected, but we told you precisely how it would go. You'll recall, because I broke this story last week and now everybody else is catching up, that an officer was caught on body cam. Out of context, it makes it sound like he is mocking the death or laughing about the death of a 26-year-old woman who was hit and killed by police in a fatal car accident, accident being the key word. And the truth is, in context, they were having a conversation. This officer was talking to another, the officer in question, Vice President of SPOG, Dan Otterer, and the President of SPOG, Mike Solon. You can only hear one side of the conversation. But the conversation, according to the internal documents that I obtained, was about mocking the lawyers for the city who would try to get out of giving a large sum of money to the victim's family. And the question along the lines of what crazy idea could they come up with? What crazy kind of spin would they offer? And so that is when the officer responded something along the lines of, oh, well, this is $11,000. That said, she didn't matter. She was too young, 26. 
The context makes it clear. Does it still sound bad? Sure. It's a bad look. It is because people don't or at least people want to pretend to not understand the gallows humor that is used in professions that have a lot of trauma surrounding them. That's how they compartmentalize. That's the truth. You can pretend otherwise all you want, but we all know that that's the case. But we have this Danny Westney column basically saying that it's time to either defang Spog, whatever that actually means in this context, or disband the union. Now, of course, he would never, ever, ever in a million years say disband or defang the teachers union or unions covering journalists of which he belongs. And you would never hear anyone on the left say that about unions except when it comes to law enforcement, because they tend to be made up more of conservative members than liberal members. That's the only reason. If every single officer within Spog was seen as a liberal, they would be protected the same way the left protects all the other unions. But he writes in this piece, it's true today that Seattle desperately needs more police, as well as other public safety crews like health and social workers. But at this point, It's the guild that's emerged as the biggest political impediment to getting anything done on this issue, bigger even than the dysfunctional city council. Huh? Really? He's he's framing this all around a story that has only been out there for a week and a half. That despite this being big in local media, the vast majority of people have no idea what the story actually is. Because people aren't glued to their televisions. They're not going to King Five's website and hitting refresh all day. They're not doing that. But he's trying to make this argument, which I said would happen, which is they're going to take this body cam footage and make it about the culture of SPD. And that's precisely what he's doing. And that's precisely what all of the other outlets are doing. While not giving you the full context of the conversations. He goes on to say, I'm pro-union as well as a member of one. So this gives me pause. But when you have armed agents of the government using the safety of the public as a bargaining chip, well, my union stripes do start to fade a bit. He pivots in kind of a bizarre way, at least it read bizarrely to me. He pivots to the Spog campaign that... They've been waging on social media, which effectively says this crime right here that just happened. This is a perfect example of the results of the defund movement and all the politicization behind all of the reforms against police. Because they defunded us, because they did X, Y and Z, this happened. We didn't have enough staff on this day to protect this individual. And now look at it. It's in the news because it's that egregious. In fact, he writes in this piece the other day, the Seattle Police Guild put out a terrifying security camera photo of an older Asian man being robbed at gunpoint at his South Seattle home. We talked about this. The Post alleged that, quote, due to low staffing numbers, this poor man was has not been contacted by an SPD detective since his attack two weeks ago. Now, Danny Westneat says, and, and he, he uses the term threat. He basically says this is like a threat from the officers that if you don't do what we want, 
well, we're not going to protect you. But no, I'm sorry. He says that's one step shy of saying, give us our money or grandpa's going to get it, which is just a weird jump. They're putting out information that oftentimes doesn't appear in your newspaper, Danny Westney, connecting the dots to the crime crisis and what has been done to these police departments. And yeah, they focus on the SPD, but we could easily make a whole bunch of observations about crime from Kent to Bellingham to Spokane tie it directly to laws that have been passed or strategies that have been adopted by radicals that want to get policing out of police. They're showing you the consequences. That's not a threat. That's the reality. That's the absolute reality. You might not like that reality because... Folks on the left are responsible for what's been going on now as it relates to the criminal justice reforms that clearly, clearly, clearly failed. Now, I don't consider Danny Westney in the Times one of the radicals on this because he was not in favor, as I recall, he was not in favor of defunding. But he still is a loyalist to the party and to the ideology on the left. And that's how he is viewing this story. Those are the, that's the lens that he's looking at this issue through. And dare I say, it's not even necessarily media bias. It's just a bad take that's based on bias against policing. 1-800-465-8770 if you want to send me a text on this hour of the Jason Ranch Show. Brought to you by American Water Damage Restoration. When we come back, you are going to be deeply concerned on the topic of election transparency in King County. We'll tell you what's going on when we come back. My next guest is raising some really serious concerns around election transparency and integrity after King County elections replaced the primary tabulation server. This is the main component of getting our votes tallied. And they did it without informing the party. And they did it without a security camera that was operational at the time that they were doing these tests. Joining me on the line to discuss is Matthew Patrick Thomas. He's the chairman of the King County GOP. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me back on. This certainly sounds pretty alarming on the surface. It is. Uh, basically, uh, they they just swapped out an engine on a race car mid-race and then didn't tell anyone about it. Not the Republicans, the Democrats, or the Secretary of State and said, hey, nothing to see here. You're like, what? Are they supposed to? So, yes. Um, so what happened is they the, the primary server, this is during this primary election this year a month ago, um, was having issues. So they swapped it out. Uh, put to a, a backup server. But the problem is they didn't tell anyone about it. They didn't tell the, the two major political parties. They didn't tell the Secretary of State, which technically they don't have to tell the Secretary of State if there's not a statewide election on there. But um, but then uh, luckily we had one of our observers down there the, the next day going, who are the guys in the server room? You're not supposed to have people in the server room in the middle of an election. Oh, yeah, well, they're, we're using a backup server now. You're like, well, what? Wow. And uh, now, technically, 
they're not required by law to tell you about swapping out a server. That's not in our, our RCWs. There's a couple of RCWs that deal with that. But they are required to do this thing called logic and accuracy test, an LNA test, which only takes like an hour, Jason. It's not even that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, you go, hey, Democrats, hey, Republicans, come on down. We're going to do this test. And you guys both say it's good to go. It's like I say always like elections are like launching a nuclear code. Make sure both parties have their hand on the trigger there and they can both do it at the same time. We agree. And then we go forward and there's no problem. But the problem is they didn't do that. Then we said, okay, well, you're supposed to notify us. Did you do the test? Yeah, we did the test. All right, well, uh, just send over the video footage on that test. We're good to go. Oh, uh, the cameras are broken. And you're like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? That's nuts. Are you serious right now? And so we, I was just, I was just dumbfounded that this day and age, with all the uh, mistrust and elections going on nationwide, they somehow thought it was okay in King County to swap out a server mid-election, not tell anyone about it, and then, oh, by the way, the cameras aren't working either. You're like, this is insanity. And, and we can't, as a political party, stand for it. And I think the Democrats would stand with us on this one as well. If you want to have people trust their election system, can you do the little extra step about calling the, the parties and let them know that, that – make sure the server is legal? We just had an election – the fact is we just had an election in Washington State done on a server – uh, that wasn't compliant with Washington state law, period. So they they screwed up big time. And, and to, to me, you know, you often hear not just out of King County with Julie Wise is the um, person in charge, but you hear from different county uh, officials basically saying, don't worry, we're going to be as transparent as humanly possible. We're doing this because we want to disprove that there's anything untoward going on. And it, it's not even like you're, accusing anyone of doing something untoward you're you're making just a pretty reasonable request which is hey give us the heads up like you're supposed to and it certainly isn't a good look when the the surveillance footage wasn't recorded because the camera doesn't work like that 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 does breed theories about what this is really about Absolutely. And that's what I, that's what I even told the secretary of state's office. I'm like, you want a conspiracy. She's writing it for you. You're not telling anyone what you're doing. And the cameras are turned off and we didn't test the thing either. Or we did test, but uh, the cameras are turned off. Like this, this is uh, not good. And, um, and uh, everyone in King County should be concerned. And the, and the yeah. one thing about director wise is that this isn't her first rodeo. She's been doing elections for years and mm-hmm. years. I mean, she knows better. And in, in politics, Jason, you know, too, is that um, I'm in, especially in my role, I'm always tiptoeing around because you're going, OK, is that going to be construed this way or mm-hmm. is that candidate have a path that we don't know about? You just kind of always make sure you don't make your own landmines. And here she is just walking through a minefield going, no, nope, nothing to see here. We'll swap out the server. Shh. Uh, no one talked about, yeah, we did a test. Uh, don't worry about that either. It's like, it, it, it's literally to be that callous is, is just uh, irresponsible. And uh, just, I'm just uh, still dumbfounded that they somehow thought that they were going to get away with this as well. I mean, don't forget, we never did find out. We, it was only after our observers saw a guy in the server room. I thought, they, I think they thought like, okay, just get it fixed and don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, Seriously? It's 2023. And we're going in 2024 elections. This is next year and this crap was going on. People will lose their mind. Oh, 100%. What what did they tell you over at Julie Wise's office? Well, when we sent the the original letter, I basically said, hey, you you, you messed up. Here are the codes. 
you know, you got to notify us when you're doing this thing. And we, we consider ourselves partners with King County elections, both the Democrats and Republicans. We, we are partners, but you're not telling your partner about a major issue that happened. And now you're out of compliance with state law. They come back saying, yeah, well, we'll do better next time. And uh, we're going to put these new things in. We'll test the server, the backup server next time. So we're all good to go. And so I was kind of going, all right. I mean, I think they're working with us. But when I, what I, the, when I went to the next levels, I'm like, good, then just send us that footage of you doing that test and make sure this thing was in compliance with state law and the cameras are broken or not working. And it's, and it's not our fault. That's King County facilities. Like, when you're running an election, can you make sure the server's legal and can you make sure the cameras are on? I mean, what are we talking about yeah, no here? Kidding. So, and there's it, no there's no so evidence to suggest that they told the the Democrat party either, correct? I, I do I do not believe they were told either because the Secretary of State office wasn't uh, told. I know uh, in a meeting with the Citizen Election Oversight Committee in, in King County had a meeting and the Democrat representative uh, on there didn't know had not heard of it as well. So this was the, no one got told about this. And again, we had the luckily had an observer down there that saw someone in the server room. I mean, this thing writes itself. It, it, it's insane. I mean, surprised Jeffrey Ep- Epstein wasn't in that server room there with the cameras <laughs> turning off too. But but um, it, it, it's nuts. What what are you asking for now? I want an investigation. Um, I want an investigation of how you know all this happened before she wrote back a letter. But I want the Secretary of State to really go. You can't allow behavior like this for elections in Washington State, especially in King County. Don't forget about the Rossi election. So uh, I want an investigation on there. And then the other thing, Jason, I think that's already happening um, is that King County know, elections now know that the King County Republican Party is watching them, and we're now we're going to watch them even more. So. I guarantee that she's not going to try ever to do this again, at least while I'm around, and at least, and especially not next year. We're going to be all over them because uh, that's what you're supposed to do. And it's nothing about um, calling it fraud or we, we just can you just color with inside the lines? Can you sure. just do yeah. things by the book? Can you just do things the right way, and especially when it comes to elections? And on this one, I don't think they could have screwed it up any worse than they did. You just basically you don't have an election. We just had an election done on a server that wasn't compliant with state law, and uh, that's a big no-no. And then uh, why wasn't it no compliant for your test? Why wasn't it compliant? Because it wasn't uh, the the thing hadn't gone through its logic and accuracy test. It hadn't gone through its certification, basically. So if you don't have a license on a car, you can't go down the road. If you don't have a certified election server you can't take that thing down the road and run an election on it that's why we have oversight and that's why we have these uh, laws is to make sure that the thing is compliant and there is no hokey pokey stuff going on but right now um we don't know so i still don't know if they did that test there's no footage of it they said they did it if they did another test if they did another test and they allowed everyone in would that at least satisfy some of your concerns Yes, for now. But the main thing is is the is the, the behavior yep. too. I mean, you can't you, you're going to be running elections. This is the bedrock of our democracy. It's everything. I mean, troops go off to war and give up their lives for this country. They they want to be able to come home and at least know that there are the population is electing the, the right people and it's done legally and, and transparently. Transparency with transparency. Sorry, but um, that's not when you do stuff like this. It just breathes into that distrust of elections. This is could not have been any more 
non-transparent, uh, Jason. Yeah, and I'm glad you're bringing attention to this because I don't think anyone would have uh, figured this out if not for volunteers with the King County GOP being able to sort of yeah. uh, initially track this down and say something doesn't seem right here. I'm glad you're doing the work. We're going to reach out to Julie Wise's office. We're going to reach out to the Secretary of State. We're going to push for some answers on this because, again, to your point, no one is accusing anyone of like trying to steal elections or whatnot. But we are sure. saying you need to be upfront and clear about this so that there aren't, in fact, any reason for someone to challenge whether or not a, uh, an election was done fairly. And I think that this these actions, uh, as you outline them, certainly paint the picture that can easily be taken to, to mean that they're not doing things on the up and up. So we'll look into this and try to figure out what exactly is going on. And in the meantime, I hope everyone checks out KCGOP.org to learn how you can help out with the King County Republican Party. We've been talking with the chairman, Matthew Patrick Thomas. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks. Absolutely. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show. Welcome back to The Jason Ranch Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. There's a lot going on in the city of Seattle. One of those issues we're starting to see go away is... There was a lot of concern that we wouldn't get tourists coming back into the area. You had COVID that obviously hit really hard, the downtown core, at least economically, financially. When you close down cruise ships, when you tell people not to fly, when you tell people if you go outside without a mask on, you will immediately drop dead. And then somehow all your family members will immediately drop dead almost as if you sent weird vibes their way, you're going to hurt the business. You're going to hurt the business community. You're going to hurt the individuals who are working at these businesses. And now things are certainly looking better. I'm a little embarrassed about the city of Seattle and the downtown core and what it's become. When you look at all the homelessness, we talked a lot about this yesterday. It's just, it's disturbing. It's not a good look for a tourist who's coming down here, maybe for the first time. And, you know, maybe they decided to take light rail to get into the downtown area where they probably have their hotel. Only to get out at Westlake Center once they looked around and actually found the one working escalator. Don't try to take the elevators either. Then you pop out of Westlake Center and you're like... (laughs) What is, what, honey, do you smell that? (laughs) Oh my God, what is that? And then it turns out it's a combination of urine and fentanyl being smoked, which an interesting cocktail, not not a great uh, mix. Now on some candles, they tell you like the base notes and the top notes. Like imagine that, (laughs) like the base note I'm assuming is the urine and the top note is the fentanyl because the base note has to be the the thickest one, right? The strongest. So, you know, and you throw in, sometimes you get a nice little breeze of, of ocean air. You're just like, oh, okay. I mean, we, hopefully that covers it up. It turns out it doesn't. I mean, think about this for a moment. And I'm, if anyone thinks I am exaggerating, I defy you to go down 
to the drugstore on 3rd and Pike, walk down that street to get to the Pike Place Market, and you tell me that the stench of urine isn't so significant you can taste it. You feel it in the back of your throat. I, I defy any of you if you don't believe me. But think about this. Am I outside at the time? Yes. Okay. If I'm outside at the time and I can s- smell the urine to the point of tasting it, what does that suggest about said urine? Uh, it's probably a pretty strong stench. Well, no, the, you know, that part's the, well, that's the obvious one. But it's everywhere. And it's not leaving. You're outdoors. You would think at some point it would start to dissipate, right? And it's kind of spread. And then it would be like, okay, it's not, it's not there anymore. No, it's still there. It's, it's in our infrastructure. That's how bad it is. And I don't love the fact that people are coming here and that's what they're experiencing. That is not a good impression. We want them to come back. And yet now we're giving them another reason to just be a little bit fed up. No one likes getting nickel and dimed. No one likes it. It's seen as petty, even when you can afford it. It's just like, man, really? You're giving me a fee on that? What? Well, what is likely going to happen in Seattle, thanks to the city council, they're going to increase the fees associated with staying in a hotel. Now, currently, we have a hotel fee of $4 per room each night, which, again, that's nickel and diming. That That's absolutely silly. It goes to the city so you can promote tourism and whatnot. Uh, you've got other problems right now that might be pushing people away. It has nothing to do with your your ad campaign. But this new ordinance would change the fee from $4 a night to 2.3% of whatever the nightly charge is. So if the room was $400 a night, then you would pay $9 a night. So you're going from 4 to 9 Now, if the hotel room is cheaper, a little bit less. If it's more expensive, a little bit more. You get it. And it kind of feels like the folks at City Hall said, hey, we're already hurting our residents and nickel and diming them. We might as well do the same thing to our visitors. Why not? Everyone else does it. And, you know, I I look at this and I say, is this completely necessary with everything else that's going on in this city that desperately needs attention? I view this the same way. I view the silly idea of litting I-5. You're not going to lid I-5. It'll cost $12 bazillion. It's a number that has not even yet been invented. And it will take 73 gazillion lifetimes before it's even completed. Why waste time on that when we have active crises? And not to get too much in the weeds here, but there's also a meeting at the Seattle City Council where they're considering a zoning change on 3rd in downtown, where all the drug addicts are smoking fentanyl and the criminals are assaulting people and sometimes stabbing and shooting people. You know what they want to zone it for? Any ideas? Just just throw out some random ideas. Say school. 
school. I cannot believe you got that on the first try. Yes, they're looking to put in a school. They want to be able to zone the area so you can put a school on third. I get that it won't be this way forever, okay? Or at least I certainly hope it won't be as bad as it is right now forever. But let's clean things up and then we can start talking about maybe zoning for a school. Could you pick a worse location in the entire state for a school? I honestly cannot. There, There is not a worse place. Maybe the Green River encampments that are there. I posted some photos on our Facebook page. Maybe, maybe, maybe that. But that's, Sleater you know. Kinney's pretty rough, too. Ugh. Who would go to school? And you know what? Shame on any parent who allows their kid to go to school with that. My God. A school. It's probably going to be for it's probably going to be for elementary kids too. Believe it's not going to be a high school. It's going to be a small school. Eventually, one 8770 If you want to send me a text message, one 8770 I look forward to hearing what you have to say. You're listening to the Jason Rancho on AM seven seventy KTTH.